Greetings, fellow humans, fellow strange beings in this strange place with me. Do you hear the water rippling? It's a little bit more than a ripple. This is the river I swim in in summer. It's glorious. I really want to get in, but I would not be happy if I got in. I would not be making you this podcast any longer. So the focus of this podcast is the coming full moon and the art that I did about it. So we have a full moon coming in on the 5th of February, 2023. Yes, welcome to 2023. This is my first podcast of 2023. I am Eve Starr. This is the Song of the Spheres podcast, an exploration in art and astrology. (laughs) Keep trying new themes out here, getting closer and closer to who I actually am. I am an artist. As much as I have fought and raged against it, in the past three years, I have been in extreme transformation as an artist, as a creator, and integration with myself as an astrologer. And Pluto has been dominating the fuck out of my Venus on my midheaven. So this makes sense. It makes sense given everything else in my chart as well. But we'll just leave it at that for now. Evening Star Maps, Evening Star Studios, Eve Star. It seems like every system of astrology that I dangle my little toes in tells me something different about my Venus and yet I know I can see that they're all correct they're all braiding into and among each other and I know that in the core of who I am I create beauty and I offer it to the world and that is why I resound with the planet Venus. Venus is my chart ruler also so she's not nothing in my chart. She's not nothing in anybody's chart. We all got it all y'all. We all get it all and it manifests and expresses in different ways and at different times according to the moment of the song that we find ourselves in and with and singing and dancing. So I created this piece of art I sketched it out months ago. My astrological studies have been 
calling me far and wide. And I see it all interrelating and I don't quite know how to cognize it, much less how to verbalize it. So I'm, I'm really practicing being focused right now in this recording because there are a lot of bunny trails in my mind. And I'm a Pisces. I'm a nine placement Pisces. Everything works together. It all works. It's all interwoven. It's all correct. And it all makes sense in the flow of the... It's, it's literally, this is not a metaphor. It's literally fractal. And your eyes, our eyes can see a fractal and visually understand it. We, we can understand it in the terms of beauty. That's the way we understand it. Only the stoutest mathematicians among us can understand a fractal pattern intellectually. So even though that is a beautiful pursuit and that those brains exist in our collective certainly indicates that the intellectual understanding of the fractal is significant and important. But as individuals, the vast majority of us will only ever understand a fractal visually as beauty as symmetry, as kin, something we can recognize. It's, it's winter here, it's Aquarius season. I'm looking at just this chaos of naked branches. I'm in the Appalachian South. And I, I mean, there's okay, there are occasional evergreens. Where I am right now, there are occasional evergreens sprinkled among the inhabitants of the forest, which are 95%, this forest, 95% deciduous. And so I look up and I see this chaos of tree branches. That's my zipper for you ASMR fans. <laughs> I'm warming up. It's not, it's not bad out here. It's very refreshing, very fresh. And the forest where I am, this particular forest has a lot of bamboo, quite a lot of bamboo. Bamboo runs rampant if you let it. And a bamboo apparently are evergreen. So that, that green is happening. And, but it's still winter and a lot of it is brown and they're just sad. The leaves are sad and all of the branches are, are broken and crumpled and just crooked. And Oh, there's briar and bramble that usually gets covered in leaves and this fullness, exuberant beauty of spring. But it's just brambly, wiry twigs and sticks and 
sticks and vines and all of these dead leaves and it's total chaos. And I couldn't, and, and nobody, nobody would try to. Nobody would ever consider that they could work out the pattern of this place right now. And yet I recognize it as fractal and I recognize it as beautiful. And my intellect is a baby in this place. So that's some of why I do what I do is an effort to create visual pieces of art to 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 show the pattern and this is this piece of art that I've created yesterday that I'm referencing is a very tiny 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 little curl on the fractal and yet from our perspective as humans who live roughly 100 years I'm going to start upping that I'm just going to start upping that for everybody we don't we don't live roughly 70 or 80 years we live roughly 100 years I mean we're certainly moving in that direction <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea <laughs> I think us living longer is can be a good thing it's um that's not a bunny trail that I want to go down The, the painting that I've created, the drawing that I've painted, is a movement through time of the larger planetary cycles. The largest one in this piece it is the cycle of Pluto and Uranus. So, but this is not the largest cycle we have in our solar system which will probably be my next piece. The largest cycle that we have in our solar system is Pluto and Neptune. Neptune doesn't get a lot of coverage. It's so interesting. Neptune is so powerful and so subtle. But I'm a Neptune gal, so that'll be coming next. But I've been, I've been taking in all of this education from my wonderful, spectacular, brilliant, beautiful, brave, hyper-intelligent astrological fellows I don't mean that as men they're not all men um, just fellows as fellowship fellows as in fellowship I've been taking in all of this teaching around these larger cycles and their their expression of the historical narrative and it just continually being frustrated that I couldn't visualize it so that's why I've created this piece with these planets so the larger the largest cycle in this piece is Saturn Uranus and it's only half of the cycle so the two large circles are Saturn and Uranus and we begin in 1965 with the Saturn-Uranus conjunction. And then we go to the opening square, which happened in 2015. I'm not looking at it right now, so I hope I'm getting it right. And then 
the opposition, which is the midpoint of the cycle, and that is in 2048, although I read to, I think I put it down as 2050, but I read today that it starts in 2046. Anyway, far off into the future. So then within that, the smaller circles are the Saturn Uranus, is the Saturn Uranus cycle, conjunctions, squares, oppositions. And then off to the right, you'll see that squiggly line, and that's the Saturn-Pluto cycles. And that I put alongside this, because this was my first drawing, and I'm working it out how to, ex how to draw it. And it's still two dimensions, but the, the thing is, a chart, an astrological chart, is one moment in time, and I need to see the planets moving through time. I need to see them moving through time. So that is my quest. That is my goal. That is my direction that I'm taking this work. And then, of course, I have to turn it into a painting and make it beautiful. And I, once I already had this very complicated sketch, then the, I only get one try on the painting. And I, and I think it's all right. I, now I want to do something totally different, of course because that's how it always, always is. And so what caused me to finish this piece that I started months ago was, I don't know, I don't really know. I'm sure there's lots of really interesting, beautiful explanations of it in my chart and in my zodiacal releasing and et cetera, et cetera. I'm studying zodiacal releasing right now and it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, but I wanted to tie it into the full... I wanted to do a piece of art for the full moon and for this podcast. And I thought, I, I thought, I wonder if I can tie this timeline into this particular full moon. And I looked, and sure enough, I can. So let's talk about the full moon for a minute. What I've illustrated here are only... The planets, I might add Mercury in there, but I've only illustrated the planets of Pluto and Uranus. And, uh, um, people are distracting. And then the luminaries, the sun and the moon. So we have two things going on here with Pluto and Uranus, one being that. Uranus is squaring this full moon. So Uranus is square the sun and square the moon, and they are in fixed signs. So think about winter or summer, whichever one is your, your least favorite season for this illustration. Hi. And that moment, we'll, we'll say winter, although it's not my least favorite, but I know many people feel this way that moment in Aquarius season where you just you're just cold you're just cold to your bones and you just go god oh my god it's been winter forever and you look at the calendar and you go ah oh, fuck it's gonna be winter forever feels like it's always gonna be winter that's the essence of fixed energy so that's the energy that we're working with at this full moon this pinnacle so the new moon that was in Aquarius is the starting place of that energy 
this full moon is going to be the pinnacle of that energy, like when we're going to feel it the most intensely, about whatever we're feeling it about, when we're going to feel that fixed energy the most intensely. And then from there, it will ease off into Pisces, and we'll really be able to begin sensing that spring is coming, and it's going to feel good. It's going to, it's going to feel really good to our animal bodies. We're going to start breathing deeper. Our muscles are going to begin to relax in anticipation of the warmth because as animal creatures, we can perceive that the days are getting longer and our bodies know that the warmth is coming even though it's not here yet. It's really beautiful. The sun's coming out right now as I'm talking. It's glorious right here. I've stopped my walk and just stayed in this one spot because it's just really nice. So... However, into that, that um, rigid expression of itself, fixed energy, comes the planet Uranus in, in square. This is an extremely dynamic alignment. It's, I, 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 it's hard to make superlative statements about astrology, but some of the most dramatic, we'll say that, some of the most dramatic angles in astrology, alignments, aspects in astrology are the cardinal angles, the oppositions and the squares, the angular placements. This is where we feel things really, really intensely. They're very, very dynamic placements. And Uranus is certainly one of the most dynamic, expressive planets and comes as a flash of lightning. So we can expect inside of that experience of it hasn't changed and it's not going to, a lightning bolt of change to arrive and to really mix things up. And uh, so that's, that's the Uranus piece. The Pluto-Saturn piece, I'm sorry, I didn't do two planets, I did three. I did Pluto and Saturn because Pluto and Saturn are in orb of their first or opening aspect. And it is a semi-sextile. This is uh, certainly a less popular, though no less active aspect. Hi. It's half a sextile. It's 30 degrees. And within the coming weeks, Saturn and Pluto will be in semi-sextile with each other. This is one of the first significant, notable, experiences experienceable aspects that are occurring between Saturn and Pluto since their conjunction in 2020, which kicked off the COVID smorgasbord <laughs> with great hurrah. So this is a moment in that timeline uh, that's really being, it, it won't exact for a few weeks, but it is coming and so we feel it's in energy coming and then it's highlighted by this full moon um now i can't remember i'm trying to think how close the full moon is to the 
Saturn. I mean the sun, <laughs> how close the sun is to the Saturn. So the sun is still 10 degrees away, but this is the sun. So it's moving in on that Saturn. So this really ties in the experience of the full moon with that opening semi sextile. So what I've done in this drawing and I, my ideas are so much faster than my execution. Um, but what I've done in this drawing is sort of zoomed into this point of the timeline and zoomed out and put an astrological chart there, put a moment in time there. And you can understand that it's just, it's just mind blowing. Like the fractal is infinite. It's infinitely down, it's infinitely up, it's infinitely in, it's infinitely out. So that timeline that goes from 1965 to all the way to the bottom is 2104, I believe, um, which is the conjunction, the next conjunction of Uranus and Pluto, that in that line are infinite points, infinite moments in time that each one I mean, each minute to minute to minute, and it can go further down than that. Our intellects just can't go further down than that. But minute to minute, there's an astrological chart. So it could never fit. It could never. So what I've done is, so I'm having, I'm, I'm getting this education where people are just talking about all these moments in time, all these astrological charts, and it's just a clusterfuck in my mind. I can't follow it. So that's what this drawing does. This drawing shows, shows the movement through time as if it's linear. We know that it's not, <laughs> but as if time is linear. So just so that we can, just so that we can grapple with these ideas, just so that we can begin to grapple with them. That as the, as the line moves through time, all of those charts are in sequence. And, and they are notes in the song of the spheres. They're individual notes in this ever-playing song that is to us like air. We do notice it, but we don't know that we're noticing it because it's all we've ever known here. The piece that I've created with these outer planets you can imagine as bass notes these are low notes in the song this is the moving through time and the inner planets which are not pictured here are moving through those bass notes just like a song just like a song literally just like a song it's not different than a song we experience it as orderly and patterned and recognizable and breathable. We can breathe here. We can live, move, and have our being here. In this realm, <clears throat> excuse me, in this realm, in this biology, 
because of the symmetry of the song that is creating this place. It's created us and it creates all of our experiences. What we do with those experiences may be up to us, maybe not. Any more than a song played on an instrument out of tune, it's not pleasing. We don't want to listen to that. We want to listen to the song played on the instrument that is in tune. That's kind of how fate, that's kind of what fate is. It's, fate is not a Judeo-Christian bearded white dude in the sky telling us what we will and will not do. That's not fate. But that doesn't mean fate isn't real and fate doesn't exist and fate isn't what's happening here because fate is what is happening here. If I'm learning anything from my study of astrology, of ancient astrology, Hellenistic astrology, it's that fate is what is happening here. But because we are a product of this place, fate is what we like. Fate is what we want. Fate is just natural law. This river is beautiful and I want to get in it. That's fate. You're playing that song on an instrument that hasn't been tuned. Please stop. Tune the instrument. Play the song again. Ah, oh, yes. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. I can relax or I can dance or I can make love. That's fate. It's just, it's just right. It's just what happens. And we get the gift the pleasure, the experience of living it, of moving through time as if it's linear. Why? Well, we don't know for sure, but I suspect very strongly that I chose this, that I came here from somewhere else to experience it. And a big part of the reason I wanted to experience it is because of the pleasure that the human conscious biology spirit creature uniquely gets. Alrighty, I paused that just in time for some loud noises that were happening. Let's get a little bit more of the trickling creek. Oh, I can't remember if that came from the other recording. This is my second version of this podcast. The first one was fractaling out in so many different directions. I had to stop it. <laughs> I had to put it out of its misery. <laughs> So I'm speaking about faith and I want to tell a little story about why I'm speaking about fate, why in particular, and using that word, I don't use, I have not in the past to 
used that word, though the thought field is certainly where I abide. I start, okay, so what happened was that by my clients, I was led to learn about fertility astrology. And so I got, purchased and devoured the book called Fertility Astrology by Nicola Smuts Olsop, believe I've said her name correctly, brilliant astrologer who specializes in fertility astrology and has a stupid high success rate of helping couples who are infertile uh, to one degree or another have a baby. And um, it's just extraordinary work. And I, however, quickly realized that I did not have the tools to practice fertility astrology because all of the significators that she is using to decide when a woman is or is not, when a, when a couple is or is not fertile are coming from ancient astrology, which I know nothing about. There was just so much in that book where I had no idea what she was talking about. I just know enough about astrology and about fertility that I could follow it, but I didn't know the third topic, which was specifically ancient astrology. So I returned to Chris Brennan, Chris Brennan, who is a treasure in the earth, truly. That's all I can think when I think about him. What a treasure in the earth. And I've only recently, in the past six months, really gotten into his podcast. And it's just such a wealth of knowledge and generosity and revelation. It's extraordinary. He's extraordinary. And um, I just began to peruse his, and I don't remember the exact order of events, but I began to peruse his podcasts and then I got his book and then I found out somewhere in all of that about a technique called zodiacal releasing and then I went back to his podcast and found the episode that he did with Lisa Scheim also I believe I'm pronouncing hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly four hours on zodiacal releasing and my experience now i'm quite a bit older than these two characters were when they discovered zodiacal releasing and had uh, some measure of an existential crisis around how much more this experience this human experience on this planet is faded than we as westerners want to believe that it is and um yeah, so they were very young when they found that out and had to move through that. But I'm quite a bit older than they are. And also, you know, I have my background, which is different than their backgrounds. And my experience <laughs> of encountering this this wisdom, this information, was I knew it. I fucking knew it. And also, thank God. And also, I... I'm just going to go take a nap now. It's just my whole physical being, my whole body, my whole being, my spirit, my psyche, all of the effort that I'm constantly pumping out, it all just relaxed. 
I just relaxed in remembering that I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything if it's not the time to accomplish it. That that is truly, you know, talk about fractal. I just threw throughout my astrological and artistic career, I've just circled back and back and back and back and back again to this central core truth that timing is everything. Now, I remember the caveat to that, and, but again, you don't have to worry about it. It's what you're going to do naturally when you stop worrying about it. I remember before I had embarked on my artistic career and at a period in my life where I wasn't even creating visual art, I had a massive, deep, traumatic 10-year block where I just forgot I was an artist altogether. And I met this young artist, brilliant man, lovely human being named Matthew in Seattle, Washington. And he was talking about this in different terms and about, um, I'm trying to remember what he, like about um, catching your break. He was just talking about catching your break, that it is a matter of luck and timing and that you're going to, and, and the people that you meet. And the right person is going to come along at the right time and see what it is that you do. And that's going to, you're going to be able to look back and see that that was key to your career, to your efforts, to your exploits, really taking off and achieving something. And you can't control that. You just have to wait for that shit. However, what you can do and what is essential, what you, what you must do is be ready when they get here. It's like having guests pop in from out of town and you didn't know they were coming and your house is a mess and the guest room is full of shit and there's nowhere for them to stay and you have to send them away and, and tell them where the nearest hotel is and then you missed your opportunity to have them in your home and to have that experience and that connection and to share that with them. You missed it because you weren't ready. So (laughs) timing is everything and also preparation and also do what you want to do. Like you literally in this life, like we literally have this situation in this life, this glory and this thrill and this responsibility to do what it is that we want to do. What does a tree do? It grows up towards the sky. Its branches reach out towards the air where it can breathe, take in carbon dioxide, return back out oxygen. What do human beings do? We breathe in. Oxygen. We breathe out. Carbon dioxide. We breathe in from the trees. We breathe out for the trees. Why do we do this? Because it's what we do. It's who we are to do this. 
and our exploits, our career paths, our professional choices, our relationships, friendships, and lovers. All of these things are the same. And they're all faded. And it's all what we actually want, which is not what our culture does to us. You have to do this and 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 you have to not do this and not do this and not do this and not do this. We are conditioned against natural law. We are conditioned against fate and we fight it and we get sick. And of course, If you put a roof over a tree, it's not going to grow well. <laughs> the thought that just came to my mind, and I, I really don't want to open this can of worms, but you put a mask over your face, you're not going to breathe properly. You're not going to feel good. You're going to get cranky. You're going to get sad. You're going to get mad. So this technique, zodiacal releasing, to say a little bit about the technique itself. It's based on locations in the sky that are determined by a mathematical formula that is combining the position of the sun and the moon and the ascendant. This is a simplification. So the sun, the position of the sun, the position of the moon, and the position of the planet in this mathematical formula renders this place that is, it's not random. It's, it is, it's a way of working with the moon phase is what I'm learning. It's a way of working with your moon phase. You know, I may have an Aries moon and you may have a Scorpio moon and you know, maybe we may or not, may or may not get along according to our moon sign. And then there's, of course, according to the moon house. But let's say that my moon is in the second house and yours is in the seventh. So we may or may not get along according to that, but we have the exact same moon phase. A waning baby crescent moon. And we get along like hotcakes. And so this zodiacal releasing technique is a way of integrating what that means what your moon what your moon phase is it a dark moon is it a full moon is it a quarter moon what what was what did the moon look like and feel like according to its gravity in the sky at the moment of your birth and bringing that into this system that plots it on a then plots it on the timeline of your life starting with the moment of your birth and creates a pattern a repeating pattern based on the, the tropical zodiac the 360 degrees of the circle that we work with it's just, it's simply all different forms of astrology are simply a different lens on the pattern you know I was talking about the the cacophony 
of naked tree branches in the sky and half dead bamboo leaves and all of the rotting deciduous leaves on the ground and all of the gnarled twigs and vines. If I were to zero in on one teeny tiny portion of it, then that's when I could start to discern the pattern. And that's what all of the different branches and styles and types and techniques of astrology are doing. We're just zooming in on a different part of the pattern so that we can discern it because we can't discern it all at once. We can't. We don't have the faculties. And that's why it all works. And that's why it's all correct. So zodiacal releasing lays this pattern out on the timeline of your life and then divides it up into sections, decades, and then from there, months, and then from there, weeks, and then from there, days. And the analogy that's always used, which works really well, that's why it's always used, is a book and so you get to see the different chapters of your book of your book of your life as a book you get to see the different chapters then you get to see the different paragraphs or portions of the chapters then you get to see the different sentences then you get to see the different words and elisa shime says that it goes on from there and i know it does i feel it in my bones it goes on eternally those even those seconds break down into so many microseconds the pattern is infinitely it goes infinitely down infinitely up, infinitely out, so infinitely in. This is just the little part of the portion that we can discern. So then you get all these dates, and then you're looking at the archetypes involved with the, the planets, hi, the signs, and the angular placements that are being highlighted by the technique. And it's so astoundingly accurate. I mean, the exact days. And I don't know how to read it yet. It takes a lot of paying attention to, to really get it. And I've only been doing this for a month. Um, but you can get some, so, but you can, if you know the language of astrology, you can get some of the big pieces right away. So I'm only, I'm only getting some of the big pieces and I'm looking at some of these dates and I'm just, I'm so blown away and it doesn't feel, I mean, I, I heard a lot of adjectives used like chilling, unnerving, frightening, strange. And there's an aspect of that, but for me, I find it incredibly comforting my, my first experience with spirit was in the context of Christianity. Now, granted, it was very mystical, very avant-garde Christianity. Deeply experiential. Wild shit. But it was still Christianity. We were fundamentalist at our core. And so my, my core initial experience in this life with my spiritual awareness was through the through the lens of monotheism and and I carry that with me and I and I see this technique and I'm just like I fucking knew it it's God it is it's like looking into God's brain it's it's like I wasn't alone when that fucked up thing happened it, it wasn't random 
It wasn't actually a surprise. Somebody else knew about it and someone really smart and really elegant, just elegant. The creator knew this. The creators, whoever, whatever it is that's beyond this place and yet inside my heart was holding me there in this moment that this really fucked up, scary thing happened. When I thought I was alone, I wasn't. Oh, it's just so good. It's just so damn good. I'm going to bring this podcast to a conclusion. Thank you if you've listened all this way. I am looking for my people. I'm putting out what I got. What else can you do, right? What else can you do? I'm putting out what I got. And I, and I, and I think that the better I get at putting out exactly what I got and not trying to make it anything else, the more I'll be able to do this. The more of these I'll be able to create, the more art I'll be able to create, and then I will find my people, and they will find me. So I have created this with so much love and so much gratitude. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. And I also want to say, as I end this, that I am now officially offering consultations And I've been preparing for a really long time for it. So it's new. It's a new offering. I am new. I am newly, newly minted astrologer. I am a beginner in that way in that I have not done a lot of readings. And I've probably done 20 or 30 over the course of my career. Um, That's not a lot. But I have been preparing for this for a really, really long time. And I have also been not just preparing by studying, but I've been preparing my life and my soul to be able to give and to be able to hold people in these very, very, very intimate places and to be able to bring them a breath and a word from spirit in in these places, in these moments. So if you're interested, uh, the link is in my link tree on my Instagram. You can find it on my website. You can find it on my Facebook through my website. I'm also on, I'm incognito on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you in whatever way is fated for us. All of my love. Enjoy this moon. Until next time, goodbye from me and the river.